ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the latest edition of Beauty, Strength, and Dominance, the official LFC Lingerie Fighting Championships podcast. I am Mike Larkin, and joining me today is the man who was the referee at LFC 35 Booty Camp 3D, the trainer, Mr. FSW himself, the 86er, if you will, Mr. Remy Marcel. Remy, how are you, buddy? Oh, good, man. Uh, except in the uh, LFC, I'm referee... Uh... Paul Allen, please. <laughs> Allen, I'm sorry. Paul Allen. I used the quotes. Yes. <laughs> so Paul, Remy, whatever you call yourself today. No, I'm playing. But it's one of those things where I look at it from a stance too as well. First off, it was great to meet you at LFC 35. Thank you. Uh, likewise, bro. It was uh, that that was like my very first LFC event, right? And uh, I didn't know what to expect, man. And so like uh, obviously it was, you know, they threw you into the wolves. And uh, and I had a good time with it. Well, I mean, you also have to look at it from a stance, too. It's both of our first times, myself doing the ring announcing, you doing the repping. It's, again, it's your home base. It's FSW. It's Future Stars of Wrestling. And what if, I'll be honest with you, I was like, and I'll say this right now, going into the FSW arena and seeing guys like Eli Drake, LA Knight now, and guys like Killer Cross, Karen Cross, whatever you want to call them, just the amount of superstars that have gone on to Impact, Ring of Honor, WWE, it's amazing just to see the talents that have trained yeah, I you know, uh, for when Joe first started Future Stars of Wrestling, like we gave him a lot of heat uh, at first because we were just like, "How are you calling it Future Stars of Wrestling?" You know, nobody knows who the fuck we are. But uh, given the ten years, and now we've had like a good like core crop of people kind of come through our our doors, and then you know, Eli uh, Drake or LA Knight, and then Zoe. Uh, and the scum, they didn't start with us, but they definitely built their bricks with us. You know, they were, were mainstays of our of our company for a lot. And really, our two stars that kind of, you know, risen uh, out of our community was uh, Kevin and uh, Chris Bay, right? So Kevin and Bay were definitely the um, the superstars, I feel like, that put uh, Vegas on the map. And now, <clears throat> excuse me, now it's just growing into a whole crazy scene now you know you have maserati and cassandra moon and uh, as, as far as the women go and then all these upstart uh guys that are um uh you i mean you can probably put hammerstone in there too now you know because hammerstone's on a national scale too like uh i don't discredit mlw at all i think mlw is high end on contracts so they should definitely feel the need to um you know be uh at a high level and hammerstone's right there too because hammerstone would be signed if it wasn't for mlw <clears throat> Well, a thousand percent. And I think my early inclination to seeing a lot of the Vegas talents that I mean, uh, Impact would do, like you mentioned with Chris Bay, like they all would have like Ring Warriors was also there as well as Sam's Town. And you got to see a lot of the tapings at Sam's Town, especially Future Stars of Wrestling. Vegas has become such a hot commodity. Mind you, it is the fight capital of the world. But for professional wrestling, it is such a hotbed right now. It's really amazing to see. Well, it, it was crazy because when I started in, in Vegas, uh, there, the Athletic Commission had their hand in it uh, for, geez, I mean, all the way up until uh, maybe mid to late 2000s. So it didn't really start to switch over until the Athletic Commission deemed it as being whatever, uh, because at that time it was very expensive to run a show. So people were just running schools, so to speak, and then these these like shows that was kind of like uh, they wouldn't be able to charge you, right? Um, so when they dropped all that, you started to see an influx. And then FSW came from a school in the backyard of Joe DeFalco's. And then as it kind of grew, 
uh, the company got into Samstown. And once Samstown was put on like a national market uh, to be like, oh, this is the venue because PPW, before there was like the five, before there was all these other guys who were kind of like uh, like these big kind of companies, um, GCW, there was Paragon Pro Wrestling. Paragon Pro Wrestling uh, was a a company that had uh, like a pretty much a lot of stars that were almost ready to like, you know, make their, uh, their uh, go. Cause there was like, I, you know, uh, Matt Stryker was involved and D'Lo Brown was involved. And these guys who are in impact right now, Jimmy Jacobs was, was uh, wrestling on the roster at that time. So um, they kind of went in and, pretty much was like, okay, we're going to take uh, Samstown <laughs> and put it on like this national level. Cause they, they went out and put it on a, um, I believe it was called, oh geez. Uh, I, I don't remember what team they uh, ended up picking up. I forgot what the name of it, uh, but the wrestling channel, uh, they just bought a time slot and then everybody saw that time slot. And before you knew it, ROH was running Samstown impact was running Samstown. I mean, every company was came in and was like, all right, this is the venue to run. So I, at that point in time, then as all these companies came to run shows here, then it became like, okay, now wrestling in Vegas is a scene. And now we have like, like almost four companies that are kind of running consistently uh, out here, you know, that are, I, I still put FSW at the top, right? Cause they are the company. Uh, but then all the, the three underneath are, are not doing too bad now anyway. Of course. And for me, I look at it from a stance too as well. Like my first incarnation of the Samstown on TV, uh, Ring Warriors with WGN America. They have the time slot, boom. WGN America here in the South, like we get it, boom, number four. I get to watch some Ring Warriors. I get to watch Ring of Honor and repeat. Like you get to see something that's really inclined with WGN America. WWE Superstars was on that channel. Yeah, I, you know, uh, Howard Brody had a good uh, thought process because uh, he put Samstown into a different look. Like everybody kind of ran it as that stage. But when Ring Warriors ran, it was like two separate entrances and you had heels and faces, right? And there was, yeah, it was just like uh, what brought me back to like old traditional like Florida wrestling, right? Because I, I don't know, man, I've, I've known Howard for uh, – I don't know, probably a good part of 10 years. He probably doesn't know me, uh, but it was always just trying to work because he was the guy to work for when you were down south, right? Uh, after I got done with the dojo and uh, and training with um, the New Japan dojo in Santa Monica, there really was no place to go. So me and my uh, partner at the time, uh, he moved to Florida and I just I just kind of followed suit. So a lot of like my my upbringing first at first was in Florida. Like I, we moved to Jacksonville and again, Howard Brody was the guy. So ring warriors was still running out of these, like these really crazy venues, uh, but out of Florida. So when they came out here to run Samstown, I was just like, well, naturally, and I guess like uh, Howard Brody came to, to retire out here too. He like lives out here now. So it was only natural that that would be uh, one and two because Samstown was the venue to run. And I like the way he dressed it up too. just two separate entrances like the way they, they they did everything was cool well you have to do that to stand out and i think what's great about it too is like wrestling is and i'll still use the term it's territorial you have the territories in florida the south northeast what have you it's amazing just to see new indies even coming into fruition as well because i always say this and i think you can agree being a trainer which we'll get into here remy it's one of those things where you got to find the right school right to train and just do it to apply your craft and it's so amazing to see such art forms being applied as well as new schools opening for a lot of talents and some that are really mainstays yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, here on the West Coast, I feel like we've um, 
I, our school has definitely set a, a tone for Vegas wrestling. You know, like uh, if you want to be or break in and you're in the city, uh, Future Stars of Wrestling is the, the school to go to just because of the trainers that are coming out of there. But you can find a pretty good school on the West Coast, like anywhere now. You know, uh, Santino Brothers is a great school to, uh, to first train. You have uh, the East Bay um, – because I guess like the uh, the West Coast Wrestling Company, they have Levi Shapiro and Vinny Massaro. They're training guys now that are really good. You have Buddy Wayne's kind of school, but all that whole uh, uh, contingent up in the Portland Pacific Northwest that are, you're starting to see a lot of like great talents come out of like the Midnight Heat and Danica Della Rouge, you know, like uh, Nick Wayne. You know what I mean? These are all like uh, crazy talents that are just kind of coming all on the west coast that you really like we have a coast too you know i always felt like uh the east coast gets a lot of eyes on it with with our pro wrestling community right if you're on the east coast you're definitely uh able to put your name out there and just now we're starting to see like west coast wrestlers like punch you in the mouth and say hey we're we're, we're here too it's awesome and danica is another one a standout in her own right just coming off an of injury she will be back at a future lfc event the former lfc champion my god that girl is tough she's got the look she's another one that's really such a standout for women's professional wrestling now remy i uh you know man it's it's big when you do reinvention right and you know injury plays a part i mean obviously getting over injury body-wise is, is, is tough but it plays just a, a part on your mind too because you don't have the the thing you love and how you create and then you know mentally you want to come back and be better than you were and then you have to reinvent yourself and wow she reinvented herself you know that whole scene at uh defy was crazy and her promo has been great her look is awesome and you she'll be a force to be reckoned with too but i i like a lot of the girls that are in the lfc that have uh, a lot of potential in both lfc stuff and with pro wrestling you know like to me i think like um uh the last contingent of girls that we we had uh for the boot camp um they there was a lot of standouts um you can both bellas both the madison and rockefeller uh had uh crazy charisma right and you could give give them like uh maybe a year under like some real training and they could probably transition into being pro wrestling no problem but like sheena i you could put her in pro wrestling tomorrow and she would kill, you know what I'm saying? It, it's it, She's that good. Dude, I'm going to say this right now. She had me in a headlock after the show. <laughs> Dude, she's very playful, but God dang, man, I, I had to find a place to tap, so I just tapped right in her. <laughs> dude, that woman is a specimen, but she's such a sweetheart at the same time, dude. I, th I feel like if she, like, I mean, obviously the, a lot of them um, don't need to uh, be told anything of what, you know, their career could be, you know what I'm saying? But, like, they they have a lot of potential to go places, uh, and she has a specific look that's crazy that's probably not been seen since. I, I just watched the uh, the China documentary. I know we were talking about documentaries earlier, right? Uh, they put it out on, uh, it was, like, on Vice and stuff like that. But she, uh, her look definitely put, or set a tone that was different from everything else. Right. And, you know, um, in this day and age, there's a lot of intergender wrestling and a lot of stuff like that. That's kind of breaking down a lot of walls. So I think like now would be just enough of, um, a pedestal to put everybody over, you know, like, so if, if those girls wanted to do intergender or just women's wrestling, now there's a spotlight along, uh, where I felt like five years ago, it probably wasn't nearly as, as much as it is now. So they all have like a pretty bright future if they want to stick with whatever they end up doing. Um, and LFC was just a, a nice little platform to kind of show 
hey, these girls can, you know, actually go a little bit because she does have like a legit background. You know, a lot of them do. It's crazy to, to know that they have both wrestling and some of them have like legit MMA backgrounds. Right. And I mean, you talk about China. I mean, she paved the way for women. You also can equate it to the Glamazon Beth Phoenix with her looking stash. Sure, sure, sure. And I mean, you have someone like Ashina and Shaylin, and like you mentioned, T Bella and, and Bella Rockefeller. I'm going to say right now, one of my favorite matches on the card, watching just the stiffness, the power bomb, the forearms. Those two had that cohesive unit. I'm going to say right now, I want to see a round two from those girls, man, because they were phenomenal. I, I, you know, like I, I didn't, I, I think, I, I don't know, Sean might have pulled the old bait and switch on me because I didn't know I was gonna ref all the, all the, uh, the whole entire night, right? But I, 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 I was cool with it just on the idea that I got to see all the, all the, the, the talent, right, that that could come out of it, and like, yeah, those two matches were, were good, but top to bottom, a lot of those, a lot were, were great, like uh, the lucha matches, be, but obviously we can't, you know, I'm not gonna give away, you know, we'll, we'll kayfabe their names, but both those talent. Yep, yeah, uh, but both those talents that played that played that uh, were were great. You know, they're really good in the ring, and so like it becomes this thing where like if you could get these talents all under one umbrella, uh, you could have something really special. And I think like I don't know, I haven't been to the Sturgis shows, but those look really crazy and cool. Um, but you could gotta go do whatever you want uh, if they want to step outside and like take it to if they want to go pro wrestling because I think. Women's wrestling now uh, in 2022 is more prevalent than it's ever been before, you know? Right. What I always equate LFC to, and here's what I like about it. It's like the sex appeal version of Invicta. For those that don't know what Invicta is, <laughs> it's Shannon Knapp's promotion where we've seen women like Shayna Baszler, like Jessamine Duke, and, you know, Marina Shafir and all these women come from. And Invicta is, uh, has a nice little spot on Access TV the same night as Impact Wrestling. So you have that nice little crossover with Invicta and uh, Impact. It's one of those things, too, where you have a breed like LFC, which also can equate to the LFL, the Lingerie Football League, which Summer Ray, we just saw come back at the Royal Rumble, is an alumni of. If you can have that nice mix of sex appeal with that physical strength and overall art form like we talk about with internal and external beauty, it's a great mix, and it's a recipe for success. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I, I, you know, again, you have these subgenres of everything, right? There's always going to be these, these subgenres of what we do as far as entertainment goes, but it doesn't take away from uh, majority of them are legitimate uh, talents, you know, and a lot of them for me uh, going out there and, and kind of being the coach, uh, you know, there's only so much I can, I am not, I don't have an MMA background. The only MMA that I have is I, I from a new Japan uh dojo that's how i broke into pro wrestling like i was trained by i mean at the time i was trained by nakamura uh but uh he was just because he was getting sent to uh be bigger because they wanted him to be uh iwgp and they took it they took pro wrestling as a real sport so while we still pro wrestle trained uh three to four times a week we were still doing uh jujitsu and kickboxing and then uh you know there's extracurricular where they would have a lucha class so i still were able to get in like lucha training as well um so my background isn't extensive as far as mma training and a lot of them uh picked up really well with just what we were kind of doing in there uh but most of them already have like some sort of background that you can kind of uh i i guess compliment you know if if they're in there and you can kind of like show them like what it would be a little bit better coaching is um it's rewarding in itself but it's also cool just to kind of step back and see how see see what they end up doing uh and how and how crazy they can get 
Well, first and foremost, you're going to talk about Nakamura here, and I'm going to say this right now. If you can have a guy like Shinsuke Nakamura, with, who's an amazing training, amazing character. I mean, I had Daniel Pewter on the show a couple of years back, and he was talking about learning under Shinsuke Nakamura because they were a brief team in Japan in like the mid-2010s, which is crazy to think. But it's one of those things where if you have someone like the caliber of Shinsuke Nakamura and the discipline that you have with the New Japan Dojo, it really makes for a fierce encounter. And especially with Japan is another hotbed with New Japan, Pro Wrestling, Noah, what have you. The mind, you're absorbing like a sponge and you can become a student of the game just like that. Yeah, easily. And I mean, like that goes to show you as well how uh, prevalent the women's uh, wrestling is going to because now we're getting Joshi matches on wrestle kingdom stuff right so that's crazy like you know they're there for a long time it wasn't like that and i uh, a lot of a lot of the um uh walls that were put up before they're just they're coming down man you know and uh my i value my training from nakamura and the and the new japan stuff because i thought or i feel like it sets me uh my pro wrestling up different than everybody else's right then it gave me like a level of confidence that i know uh, like when I was walking around and fresh out of that thing, I thought I was the baddest motherfucker on the planet. And I might've been like 155 pounds, but I just knew that you couldn't break me. Like my will was going to go, I was doing 500 Hindu squats with no problem. Right. I was watching guys drop, uh, after like 200 and we were so carved out of wood. Don't get me wrong. We still threw up and did all that shit too, man. And it was brutal. But by the time I was done out of that school, I was, I, I was like carved out of Oak, man. It was crazy. And I value a lot of like. Uh, just my overall being a man too to that training as well. Like uh, it gave you a lot of character, just both in the ring and in your personal life. You kind of uh, are instilled that stuff. And they never, they never did anything crazy. Like as far as like brutal to us, uh, as far as like being harsh. But they were definitely pretty meticulous, and they would make you bump a lot. And everything had to be crisp and clean and exactly what it needed to be. Otherwise, you were gonna keep doing it over and over and over again. And I remember being sore and fucked up. Uh, but it, I loved every minute of it. There's a um, seminar that Dave uh, Marquez released. Um, you can watch it on YouTube. It's just New Japan Pro Wrestling Seminar. And it was when Liger was there. So that was like my very first uh, seminar was with Liger. That's how I found out about the New Japan uh, Dojo out in Santa Monica. Is me and my boy found this Liger seminar. And we were like, fuck, man. I want to meet Liger. Let's go fucking meet Liger, right? Because he was my all-time favorite. And then fast forward 10 years later, and I'm in the match with him, with my boy at the time, too. So it's kind of wild how, like, wrestling life kind of fucking does that shit for you. <laughs> right. And first of all, feeling all badass with your 155-pound self. A little, <laughs> a little Spike Dudley of New Japan, if you will. You could be the runt of the litter, Mr. Remy. But no, I, I tease. I'm a kid. But it's one of those things where, like you said, you're working with guys like Jushin Thunder Liger, who's amazing. I mean, who doesn't want it? If you're a professional wrestling fan and you like Japan, you like WCW, and hell, his match with Tyler Breeze at TakeOver was amazing. He's a guy to learn from. Again, we talk about absorbing like a sponge, but Liger was that guy from TNA to Ring of Honor. Liger was that guy that was synonymous with Japanese wrestling. Of course, Anoki, that's another one that a lot of people go to for Japanese wrestling. Yeah, uh, bro, you say amazing, but I, uh, Mike, I'm uh, no fucking joke, bro. The dude is magical, bro. I, I, when I was at the, when I was, when we did the seminar, it was like very, like, we were, we were very polite and didn't do nothing. But when we got to work with him like 10 years later, it was wild. I, I told my boy, uh, my partner in the match, I was like, I was like, bro, if, if this dude, fucks me up i don't i don't care like i'm gonna let this dude slam me in the face bro i do not care if, th if this shit happens and sure enough man we went in there and he was 
amazing, bro. Like, I can't even describe to you in the words like how I felt afterwards. It was crazy. Um, I could have walked away from pro wrestling that night and been like, cool, everything's good. Because as a 19-year-old kid sitting on a couch being like, that's Flagger's my, my, my favorite Japanese wrestler of all time. This is This is great to then have a match with him. And he's an old man, you know what I mean? He trusted me to go out there and, and kick him in the face and do all that shit. Uh, I could have walked away from the business and been cool with it, you know? It's it's cool when you can meet or you you wrestle your heroes, you know, and they're really good people, and they turn out to be fucking exactly what you want them to be. Sometimes in this business, it's not like that, but uh, in this particular instance, bro, life is magical, man. Shinsuke, too. Shinsuke's dope, too, bro. <laughs> 1,000%, dude, and I think what's great about it, too, is now I have to say this because it's great because we talk about being in the ring. And being in the ring with you, I got to say, throughout the whole LFC event, and I mentioned this in the last episode of Veronica Valentine, here's what's funny about it because <laughs> Mr. Paul that match, that, that, match, that match was crazy, though, bro. Her match was wild. <laughs> so, well, we're going to talk about this because it's hilarious because you and I actually had the opposite side of the spectrum, if you will. So here's what happened with Mr. Paul Allen over here. The fact <laughs> he got your grill, man. She pointed that finger. She got your grill, and you got in between Bella and Veronica, which, again, crazy match for those who want to check it out. Please do. But, God dang, you had some booty up in there. You you had to get in between some ladies. Right <laughs> I uh, Going into that night, I knew um... – I wanted to treat it uh, with um, like like real, like I wanted to be a real referee. I thought uh, for for what I was gonna go into, I thought if I could get some footage of me just refereeing for real, like I was okay with doing that because I wanna I wanna learn all aspects of the business. Like I I with MSW, I get to be a performer and and a talent, but I also get to write and be a, a backstage producer and do all that stuff too. But I've never really kind of dabbled into being a referee of any sort. And I always thought that would be cool too, and if the WWE came calling and was like, hey, man, uh, you're too small to be a referee and you're too damn old or too old to be a, a talent. Would you be a referee? Uh, you're small enough to be one. And I'd be like, sure, man, let me try my hand at it. Because I, I, at this point right now in my life, I've I've been around the pro wrestling business for so long that I just I kind of want to just finish it out with this is this is what I went to school for for the last 20 years was pro wrestling. So whatever it lands me, I'm going to, I'm going to try to end up doing it that way. So when I, the opportunity came to uh, coach, I was like all over it. But when it was like refereeing, I was like, yeah, I'm going to take it serious. And they gave me a run for my money, bro. <laughs> I was not expecting either one of them to be as feisty and as crazy. And even, uh, even Sheena, she was kind of like nuts. Like I thought she was going to hit me for real, for real. Like, cause she's crazy. Like they just get lost in the sauce out there. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was wild. <laughs> well, I'm going to say first and foremost, you were not a dummy. Yeah. Because you did your thing. <laughs> you did your thing as a ref. And here's why I like your mindset. Like what a lot of people think about it is for me being a ring announcer, you being a ref, they're the important parts of the show. It's the representation of the presentation, if you will. There's a coin term for you. But a representation of the presentation that showcases the important parts of the show. And, I mean, we have to bring that energy and bring that fire. Also create some moments and memories for the fans in attendance at the FSW Arena. But here's where the opposite side of the spectrum came, man. Because, dude, I was all dolled out in that suit, looking like a mobster, looking fly, no lie. And I'm going to say this. I felt good going into LFC 35. Bro, Volcana, we're going to talk about this. Dude, you saw that. You were right next to me. Dude, she was hitting on me. She was looking at me. She yeah. was, oh, we're going to talk about this. We're not. It's not like we're not going to talk about this. Dude, you saw that. She was checking me out, bro. I Listen, man. I mean, you were you were dressed to the nines, bro. Like, I... 
they everybody in in that in that arena that night had some sort of energy that night, bro. Everybody was uh, was waving it around, and then uh, while while you were you know Vol Volcano was definitely checking out you, bro. That was I had my hands full with with the ladies in the matches, my friend. So listen, oh. I can sympathize and uh, and empathize with you. <laughs> Well, well, I got to say, first and foremost, you did an amazing job as a referee. I mean, like, for well, real. Likewise, bro. Thank you, bro. Thank but you. You're welcome. No, and, and it's one of those things, too. Like, again, you're if you go on Getty Images and you go see the amazing Richard Enberg, who is the amazing photographer, Lay Regard, and what we got to see, you will see a lot of great photos. And I put that in one of the things. Dude, you're breaking up Bella and Veronica. You got that smile on your face. <laughs> <laughs> says a thousand words, man. It's that smile, Remy. Listen, man, I, I, it was organic. I, the, the only thing I could do is be authentic in that moment. That, that moment was authentically, I was, I was embarrassed, uh, for myself, for the things that were happening. Not like embarrasses and like, ah, but you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a nice dude, man. And they were, they were throwing the assets around like as if it was okay. And I was like, oh man, what did I get myself into? Uh, well, I got to look at it from a stance, too. That's the great part of LFC. You're going to get a lot of assets, pun intended, when it comes to the product. But no, nah, I got to say, for folks who've never been to an LFC event, and the next one is going to be Friday, May 13th at the FSW Arena, come on down. Because you are in for a spectacle, you're in for a treat. And what's great about the Booty Camp events is we get to see a lot of, yes, familiar faces who are now veterans, but we get to see some new faces, too, as well. So, I mean, it's a treat, man. It's a treat. I can't, I can't put it over as, as much as I can, not just because I do this show, but God dang, man, it's a fun product for everyone. Yeah, I mean, the uh, the show itself had a lot of good energy, I think. Like, when you when you get a lot of those talents in there... Um, and uh, I'm just going off of the girls uh, because I got to spend the week with them. Uh, a lot of them were motivated to make it like the best thing that people had ever seen before. And I think like when those kind of um, elements kind of get mixed up in, I feel like they can combust into something really special. You know, like if the girls are going to put in a lot of the effort to want to make this the best uh, Thing that they've ever seen and then you have a company that's willing to uh put forth an effort to showcase them and platform them as such uh you know there's there's a there's a i guess what i want what i really want to say is there's a, a potential to it to being like really good and uh that night i for i know it was like their I, for at least for me i think it was like fsw's first time like renting out the arena uh for it they were everybody was pretty happy with uh the arena how it looks on camera uh, because the arena is really nice looking uh, for it being like a studio setting. Um, the draw was really good. The crowd was lively. So, I mean, you couldn't really ask for very much then. And then all the talents came crazy. I mean, every entrance was bananas and all of the outfits were crazy. Like I didn't think they were going to get that, uh, that nuts. And it was a Halloween show. So this one, I can't really wait to see what they're going to put in for. Like uh, we're heading into, this is going to be a show heading into Memorial day. You know, like that following week is going to be Memorial Day into AEW weekend. So it's going to be a wild weekend, to, uh, to say the least, that whole two weeks, bro. That's the thing. If you get some LFC and you get some AEW in the same week, that's a great time for everybody to come see some, you know, combative arts and combative natures, man. And also, I will say this, that you want to talk about entrances. I'm going to say this right now. The first time for me seeing a dominatrix-style entrance with Bella Rockefeller live, I'm going to say that now. I was not expecting the leash, okay? Uh, here's the thing. I saw that guy. 
And I saw earlier, I did not know he was a part of the entrance. I was like, okay, maybe it's a friend who's watching. I had no idea he was a part of the entrance. So I looked over like, ah, I saw that guy from earlier. But yeah, no, it was great to see it. It made for the entrance, man. It reminded me of, and I'll make a pop culture reference here, Remy. Do you remember Madonna's Human Nature video from back in the- Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what it reminded me of. All you need is some leather, you know what I'm saying? The lace, a little whip, you know, hey? I think I, I think uh, I think Bella uh, has a lot of that uh, mixed into her to her talent or to her um, who her her persona is, bro. Is she's real Madonna mixed with Marilyn Monroe, man? And uh, she the the night before when we were putting everything together, uh, she kind of just okayed uh, uh, the bill uh, gun where you put the money in and it shoots all the money out. You know the gun. She was like, "Is that okay if I bring this?" And uh, I mean the. The producers were all like, yeah, no problem. Little did we know, she's like, I also got something else planned. And, and she kind of had that smile and let, and like left for the for the night. And we were just all kind of like looking around like, oh, cool, you know. Had no idea it was going to be the, the fucking dude in the leash. And we're shooting money. I was just like, what is happening? Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I don't know if you guys catch it on camera, but Remy and I looked at each other. We're like, there's a moment where you and I look at each other like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Dude. And and they and bro, I you know like I again a lot of those girls at night I felt uh like brought it like uh I know Lauren kind of showed up late right Lauren the animal Fogel shows yeah. up like she she gets the call very last minute says yeah I'm I'm down to do it. another again another uh um uh lingerie football uh standout right. yeah yeah. yeah. So um so she gets the call late shows up. <laughs> like has a pretty decent match with the girl because they were both jacked. I mean, they, like there was a, that that was probably my favorite part about um, the LFC was you got to see uh, just about a variety of everybody or, or and all uh, aspects to athleticism. Right? There's girls who were really jacked who had MMA backgrounds. There was also girls who were pro wrestling, and then you had these other ones who were just like into fitness. Like Shay's, like uh, I think a fitness like she or a fitness dancer who who had this like high fly kind of uh, acrobatic uh, style to her that, you know, I guess that's what you get out of the booty camp and just on these like people who are on the upper rise, you know, so I can't wait to see what my 13th brings to the table. Right. And I mean, her opponent, Lauren's opponent, MJ, the dominator domino. She was relatively new too, and again, another last minute, but she's another one that has a specimen. I'm going to say right now, such potential, such potential. Yeah. Yeah, both those girls brought it, and like I know, I know it was last minute. I I do recall it being, uh, they got they got the call last minute. So to step up in a last minute fight and then to, to bring it like that, listen, man, I don't know how much more you can get out of that. You know, like you can't ask for too much more. And like those those opportunities are going to be golden for the LFC because it's going to give them a a potential of having something that's organic, a, a good feel because all those fights top to bottom were awesome. A thousand percent. And I'm going to say this right now before we get into here to training, man, because, again, you have such a wealth of knowledge and this is what I respect the hell out of you, man. But, dude, you mentioned Sturgis earlier. Here's what I love about it. So the last time that LFC did the FSW arena was LFC 31, which was main evented by Selena De La Renta and Katie Forbes. And we got to see Vita Von Starr, who did some work in Ring of Honor on the show as well. But goddamn, man, you mentioned Sturgis. Being a professional wrestling fan, I always go back to Eric Bischoff and Jay Leno and Hulk Hogan and DDP and all that stuff from Sturgis because WCW did a lot of Roadwild and Hogwild there. You know, Jay Leno, 
armbar on Hulk Hogan. So that's where mine went to as a wrestling fan. But Sturgis, oof, you had such a weekend. I think Jericho was there that weekend with Fozzie. It's 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 a party, man. That's what it is. It's one big party and three nights of Sturgis, man. I can't. I hope to see more of those in the future. Yeah, you know, like I, it's it, you have to kind of uh, give it up to the LFC for just trying new things and going out and and putting the the product into a place where uh, it can do well, you know. And um, Sturgis is one big party, you know what I mean? And it's uh, it's a lot of loose um, uh, le- uh, regulations. So at the time that they did uh, the last one, I believe we're in the middle. Of- we are in the middle of the pandemic and South Dakota doesn't really have a whole lot of uh, pandemic stuff going on out there they were, where there were regulations. So we actually got to see a little bit of the entertainment that we were all kind of used to, whether you ordered it at home or saw it uh, via platform, social media. But at the end of the day, even if you wanted to get up and go, you could have done that. And that's kind of cool, uh, especially given the time that we're in now where we're kind of out of that whole scene and we're kind of moving forward with uh the, the next stuff and if they can go back this year to surges or whenever it, it ends up going on again uh i'm just excited to see what what the lfc has in store for different areas of of the world you know like i know an england or or a european tour would, would is always on the table i know uh they want to go and do all these other things around the country so it's cool to see these uh the platforms that they can kind of get into and and if we can bring the uh, the, the crowd, because uh, every time there's a lively crowd, at least when we were at the arena the, the other night, when it was it was a pretty lively crowd and we were into it, I can't really beat live entertainment. You know, I like I like that aspect to uh, the LFC because it's great watching it uh, through social media or through some sort of platform, a streaming system. But um, to really get out there live to feel it. And Sturgis might have been like one of the craziest times to go out there and, and really feel it, uh, right? That's crazy energy, man. Exactly. And I will say this, and I'll have to send you this because before we came on air, we were talking about documentaries, but I got to send you the audio. I always say when it comes to pro wrestling or LFC, if Jim Cornette takes a slag at you, you know you made it because Jim Cornette. Yeah, you know you do. <laughs> and the funny part about it, like it got like rumped and you know, all all together, like ruffled together, because he was complaining about Jericho and Fozzie doing it during COVID, and then LFC was around that same time. So it, it's funny. I'll have to send you the audio. Link will be in the description. Please. For Jim Cornette, just absolutely having a corner coronary over LFC. It's hilarious. But no, well, that. but then again, Jim Cornette has a coronary about anything. So I mean, hey. But no, I digress. I think what's great about it too is as well from the training side of things, dude. You've trained a lot of these amazing down. Same with Leon. Shout out to Leon. Um, and it's one of those things too as well. FSW, LFC. You have that wealth of knowledge and you have that eye to train and just make sure everything runs safe and spectacular for everything that goes into the belts for you how amazing that to you just to be the training side of things because again you get to really share your knowledge with the wrestling business and with the talents yeah you know i again a lot of a lot of my coaching is uh before when i used to coach uh i guess like five years ago it'd be a lot different than when i was coaching now i think um the great thing that lfc got me was uh they got me after i went to china and coached uh a team of uh for for a company out there uh where we had about 20 wrestlers that we coached um and uh my whole my whole thought process changed while being out there like everything flipped um and uh, and this is probably a good uh reason as to why leon's such a good coach is uh you become patient 
And Leon's always had a good patience with uh, trainees, uh, whether it's kids, women, or men. You know, like he's always been um, really patient and one of those guys who can kind of teach you the basics. Uh, I was always a person uh, who is um, who polish you up. Uh, Joe stuck me in positions to coach like advanced people or uh, to bring in uh, the talents that were just needed a little bit more touching up. So. Um, I would be more of a producer, uh, so to speak, when it came to FSW. When it was the LFC, all I, I got to do was uh, intermingle what I thought would be cool for these girls to do. But really, uh, they kind of knew what they wanted to do uh, heading into it. You know, they all had their specific styles of how they wanted to come off. And then it was just kind of getting into uh, making those things work for uh, uh, video or or. Uh, I guess for them for the storytelling, if they were going to try to tell a, a specific thing in that sense, um, you know, because I know uh, the Bellas, uh, both Madison and Rockefeller had uh, like a little bit of a heat between them because they had um, they had been going back and forth on social media a little bit. So uh, they had some specific things that they kind of wanted to come across uh, in that match uh, in the in that fight that was trying to uh, get you know, that, that story across. And I think like when you get into two girls who are trying to take it to that next level, right. Who are trying to raise the bar and, and get a lot of eyes and get a lot of just attention on it. Uh, that type of energy should be rewarded. Uh, and it was, man, they had a really stellar fight match, whatever you want to call it. It was one of the better ones of the evening. And again, like go top to bottom, a lot of them were really good, you know? So, uh, it just happened to be one of the ones that stood out and you can tell why because they put a lot of energy into it i gotta say first and foremost there's a lot of entertaining spots in there there's a lot of cheese <laughs> stuff that goes into it. but i think with you I, yeah. I was gonna say i think a lot of it was improvised bro i think a lot of it just kind of came off the cuff because hey. they, too, they just they went crazy <laughs> they went nuts <laughs> you have to do that at time and you have to learn how to like, ad lib and improv that's 101 but it's good and that's the thing too it's old school in a way if you could call something on the fly or do that that's the sign of a true pro right there you know that they had really good chemistry between the two you know like uh i know that um you know they whatever whatever they wanted to do as far as the social media back and forth but when we got into training you can see uh when they were sparring with each other uh you could see a, a a level of of chemistry between the two, like a, it almost made you intrigued. It, it, they drew you in just by little stuff that they would do uh, in counterbalance to each other. Like they became less of an action movement and more of a reaction, uh, which is a lot of what our business is, right? It's not it's not really action; it's reaction. And uh, it was cool just to kind of kind of you know work and try. Like what I try to do is when I saw stuff like that, I try to highlight that or let's focus in or try to make it uh, at least a little bit of a focal point that we can kind of convey that to an audience, because that's what I thought the magic was between the two. <laughs> they just, they had something about them. It was cool. 1000%. And dude, it, it's one of those things too, as well. Like you see those, those two having that reaction, which is great, but I got to say with you as well, I'm going to talk about this, Mr. 86 there. I do. I love your character and I do know the presentation from the hat and everything that you wear and the intensity in this then we talk about the reaction. That's telling a story just really with your character as well. And when I see your vignettes and your promos and you're like walking around Vegas, I have that image of Edge walking through the subway. You think you know me. Well, we think we know Remy. You know what I'm saying? We get into your mind. Oh, I love that. 
right? That's a great analogy. Like the vignettes on like you, it's something to have that gravitational pull, so to speak. Like, yeah. dude, I'm hooked with you. So that's good. And I love it. I have to say, I have to put over those promos, man, because it's good stuff. Thanks, bro. I mean, a lot of it, a lot of that's a, a brainchild of myself, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't be anywhere without our production team. Like, uh, we have a dude, his name's Mikey. He goes by Two Sweet Delete uh, Productions, Matic uh, Productions, and he, he does a lot of our our um, video packages, man. So uh, when we go into these things, like I have, I have an idea, but uh, having those guys, uh, our production team uh, from Joey DeFalco, which is Joe's son, uh, uh, we call him spider. He, he goes by spider warrior back in the day. He used to be a pro wrestler, but his name's Thomas and Antonio and Mikey, they all have um, their hands really deep into our production. So a lot of the things that you see from our, uh, FSW or what we're doing out there now uh, is a lot of us, uh, but it also has a lot to do with them too, as far as video packaging. Um, plus, I think like what what ended up happening for uh, our scene is, um, and I credit this 100% to Kevin Cross, but Kevin kind of flipped our scene on its head, so to speak, <laughs> uh, pun intended. He he just he showed what it was like to be theatrical, what it was like to give dimension into characters, and what and he made you think. And when he would, uh, whenever we would go into, because he used to have a class, but his class was never like a pro wrestling class. It was very um, uh, thespian. So you would go in and cut promos and you would go in and, and um, work on a walk, like a walk, how you would walk or how you would hold yourself. There was really, really cool aspects to how he he trained and taught. And I think like a lot, of, I use a lot of that into my coaching today, especially with the girls as well. But uh, I think that's a lot had a lot to do with it where we just you start to think just like you said how do we get the audience to to, to capture to get them to be within us and um, the 86 er character was a brainchild of I didn't know what I was going to do after the afro guy you know like I was in a tag team I was in a very successful tag team and my partner was like all right I'm done I, I'm gonna you know I'm done with the business I'm gonna do, go off and do things so I, it became myself and we were doing the 86s before but i knew i had to reinvent myself which is i had this kind of a conversation with danica about it uh with her reinvention but you just want to present something completely new something that they're not really willing to see before and she had like colorful hair and all this thing but now she threw it in dreadlocks and it's like you know blonde and there's like this look to her well for me i had to shave off my afro you know like it was like okay well what's the best thing what's the next opposite thing of what these people are looking for me so shave off my head come out a little bit more mean more intense um and it i don't know i'm simple you know like i don't wear anything crazy it's black pants white white beater uh but some people really think that the simplicity of it is really good too i've, I've heard that a lot as well so as long as it's working for everybody i'm i'm cool with it and i appreciate everybody you know popping for it because it's definitely something that i've i put a little bit more energy into this guy than i have before and anything else well you said it right there man it's the k-i-s-s simple it's kids keep it keep it simple stupid that's what it is yep. right it's the old zoom i mean we've learned that in, in grade school and what have you we learn it's it's a common phrase but it's very cliche but it's very true and i think the most simplistic things like with what edge is doing right now like we mentioned edge earlier like how he's reinvented himself he's dark this is the real edge he's got the blue light on him going into the match with aj styles like i like that it's an older edge it's a wiser edge it makes sense and it's cool and it, you always reinvent yourself we talk about chris jericho and jericho with, yeah was, right you're right 
and, and that's the thing too. Like you mentioned, Cross. Like first of all, he has hair now, which is it's which is nuts to see him now. With hair. I'm just gonna put it out. There. <laughs> bro, no, 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 like man's my, the man's like my best friend, bro, and nobody thinks of the man can grow hair. It's hilarious. Like, <laughs> it just it, it's it's because again, you're used to the bald look and and what you've seen in Impact and NXT and stuff, and and of course FSW and all over. So it, I have to get used to him with hair. So it's one of those well, things. It's, yeah. a re, it's, a, it's a reinvention. Am, am I wrong? I mean, now he's reinventing himself. Like when he first when he first. Uh, got broke in like he had hair when he when he was with us right when he first broke in um but then he had a good take on it he said like uh a lot of the people that we were kind of delving ourselves into uh because we kind of come from the same um i mean like back like upbringing so to speak you know like originally i'm not from las vegas i'm, I'm i was born in new jersey and all my family is from new jersey like i'm a jersey kid but i just grew up out here in vegas so the city itself is a very um, it's in my heart, like Las Vegas as a, as a city is in my heart because I grew up here, but I'm a Jersey kid and my family's from New Jersey and his family's from New York. And then when we get into these kind of things, you, you start to talk about like uh, certain aspects to the game. And uh, when he was talking about like, hey, I, I think I want to become more menacing. I want to be have this uh, look of a killer. He's like, I mean, this is a guy who comes up and in, 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 he likes, you know, Bronson, you know, he, he's a, he's a, uh, uh, natural board killers fan, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is a guy who th- thinks to himself, like, if I'm in a fight, what's the best way to fight? You know, you cut your nails down, you fucking shave your head so they ain't got nothing to grab, you know, you fight just real bare knuckle. And I don't know, like, when he put that aspect of, of that kind of stuff to his character, it was like, oh, cool. Now you see him and he's like, he's a little bit more advanced, he's a little bit more kingpin, he's got some money on, you know, he's been wwe paid you know what i'm saying so he's got all these nice like suits and he's got the hair and he's got the sweet girl you know so the whole reinvention of of what kevin cross is now is vastly different than carrying cross than even kevin cross when we used to know him from AAA and impact you know like it's cool to see that aspect to everybody who evolves you know like uh a guy right now who is crazy like three years ago i met keita murray right uh, he's he's getting a lot of like notoriety, but he was in a tag team and he really wasn't nearly what he is now. And like now he's like the key to pro wrestling and he's on the market right now. But really, what it was was his entire look. He got in not that he was in bad shape before, but super defined shape. And he got like a a, a coat, like a captain's coat, and it's it's really fucking sweet, man. And you start to see these evolve uh, evolutions of everybody, local and people you've been on the wrestling scene with, and like. I think reinvention is really important when you're talking about longevity, you know what I'm saying? Everybody that's in the game for a real long time, like LL Cool J, they all reinvent themselves. Well, when you have someone like LL Cool J, something like a phenomenon, you know, he's around the way, girl, that's the one for me. You've always (laughs) – okay, when I I grew up in the 90s, so I know LL Cool J, but Mama said knock you out and, you know, he had – but that's what you know LL for, and, of course, he's evolved. And like we mentioned with – uh, cross his hair here. It also kind of reminds me, like when Jericho, like, and I'll say this: when he first came back and he was doing the Save Us Two Two Two, you know, the Save Us Y Two J, and he's going against Orton, and he comes up with that short hair. And what I used to love and laugh about this is people kind of compare that hair, like when Nick Carter, the Backstreet Boys, had like the short blonde hair and said like the yeah, cur- yeah, yeah. And they said it reminded him of Nick Carter, which I left because you know Fozzie and a boy bands. It's nah. but still at the same time, you it, it's it's something new. It's that little nuance, so to speak, that really can stand out. Yeah, no, I mean, again, that's what all the greats, or at least when you're a good talent, it's what you have to go to. You know, these people see one side of you, 
and then you know for a very long time and they get used to it so when it's a change and if you can hit them in the mouth with a change if you can hit them in the mouth with a whole new invention then it becomes just like wow now it's a whole nother level right we, we're going through right now me and uh i've been pretty much married to uh gregory sharp this whole entire 2022 like we've ran this match everywhere uh and his reinvention uh from a year ago a year ago he was hyperstreak lucha guy with a mask and da, da, da. now he's taking the mask off now he's got like a grizzly beard and his hair's all out he's a little bit more hard in the soul you know like there's a little bit more of a coldness to him and that's a reinvention and he's also stepped up his game like amazingly to where like his uh matches are reinvention too so it becomes this thing where like when you reinvent the character the talent itself um, it could take you to a whole new stratosphere. And I think a lot of these guys look at, I think Taker was probably the be all end all, right? A lot of people didn't like the American badass, but he was still fucking cool as the American badass. And then when he was the dark Lord versus the, 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 uh, just the dead man guy, you know, like there's a lot of reinventions with little nuances of the same person in there. And I think like, that's what makes you a performer for, you know, not three years, but 20 years later, you know, I can't wait to see how these guys end up doing it. Who are we're now on fire right now, you know. Right, and and also, I mean, when you have the Undertaker doing the American Badass, and I remember a lot of people used to make fun, like, okay, so Chuck Palumbo comes into WWE, he's doing the thing with Sean O'Hare and the Invasion, then it's Billy and Chuck, and then he comes back in 2007 and he's riding a bike, talking about get ready for the ride of your life, and I'm like, okay, it's kind of Undertaker esque because he's on the motorcycle, but what's cool about that nuance is he legit builds and repairs and makes motorcycles so it fits with what he's doing here so i'm like okay now i understand that he likes to build choppers and fix choppers and what have you so it mixes and it, and it works well and that was something that really put him over big in the mid-2000s yeah you know again you'll never know why it doesn't stick stick though right you, you know right. like it, we'll never know why these things don't i all of the capabilities are there but some people are just like larger than life like taker just road bikes or is a is a, is a biker kind of guy but the thing is is he's a larger than life personality you know like even there's just certain people you could just kind of you can just kind of be around and they're no matter what they end up doing is is probably pretty pretty great and you know you're right chuck uh did go through all of those things and i kind of like the grease monkey uh gimmick uh for him you know like i'm i'm cool with these kind of things that uh would make me attach myself to these to these guys i was even cool with like chuck and uh and billy you know with uh with rico i i don't mind uh things that i can kind of put uh longevity into and i think like when you can ride a wave where there's a lot of things uh and there's a character arcs to everybody uh those breed a lot of stories and i think when when you have a lot of stories bro uh makes a lot of money <laughs> right and that's the main thing at the end of the day business is good you're making the money you're accumulating it and that reminds me i have a funny story so when i was 10 years old 2002 when the billy and chuck wedding which drew a huge rating it was so popular you know with three minute warning and bischoff as <laughs> okay so here's what happened i go into school and one of the lunch aides knew i was a wrestling fan and she comes up to me and she goes did you hear that they're they're having these two guys they're getting married billy and chuck i'm like yes you know what I'm saying? Like, because it was so, like, so much big news that they're doing two guys getting married and it was a part of the storyline. And I'm like, yeah, I did. Because yeah, they, yeah. it's funny. Because it was so topical. It was something that we haven't yeah. seen. Well, for them, for them, it was it was crazy. But for wrestling fans like you and I, we were just, we were just like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. Like, I mean, like, 
it wasn't such a, a crazy thing like where people I think blew it blew it up more than than what it was for us. Like, um, and it's funny too because you, you're ten years old in two thousand and two, and that's kind of when I started wrestling. Sorry <laughs> for making you feel. No, that's no, cool, man. It's, I, I mean, this is when I broke in. It, it's it's crazy because like again, in in that era, um, wrestling business was drastically different. It just was, you know, it was just a drastically different business. And now we're 2022, we're 20 years later into into that that scene right now. And look at how great uh, everything is now. You know, like I, I never, I never really watched an Effie match before, right? I've never really watched one. And I sat and I watched the GCW with his entrance, and he, I think he worked, um, uh, uh, Jeff Jarrett, right? Yes. For the evening, yeah. And man, it was cool. It was so, I don't know, man. It was just so cool to, uh, to have what seemingly is two completely different eras of pro wrestling and one guy who, who, and then, and then and even in Jarrett, it, it's a, it's a reinvention because he's all in black and he's, and he's doing all that stuff. Right. And then you have this guy who's larger than life when it comes to this fan following and it's cult-like and, uh, his entrance is amazing, and there's a um, uh, cinematic feel to his uh, aura of him. You know, Effie's pretty magical, bro. And I don't know if Effie's getting over in 2002, but Effie's definitely getting over in 2022 for sure, bro. And I think, like, that's the beauty part about our business is it's evolved so much to where, like, things that weren't really or that were taboo get played now in this boom, it explodes. And I think that's cool about everything, culture, uh, society, and especially our business. Yeah, and, and things evolved, and it evolves for the better. I mean, we get to see a lot of, it doesn't matter your skin color, your sex, just go out there and wrestle and, you know, just do your thing and apply your craft. And I think that's amazing because equality is huge in 2022, and as it should be, you know, and I think that's amazing to see. And it's healthy. It's a refreshment, so to speak, for professional wrestling and all sports. And speaking of all sports and professionals, and let me tell you something about yourself, Mr. Remy. Besides Gregory Sharp, which, by the way, great matches, great series of matches. I'm checking out on YouTube. You guys have great chemistry. I did see another stuff. Action Braxton is another one I got to talk about. Lights, camera, action. Sorry, Miss Jackson. That dude has got some talent. He's got some style. And he's another one that really sticks out. You know, it's it's all four of those guys in, um, in, in their own way, right? And, like... Um, Braxton, I remember when he came back, because uh, he, he's done, like, movies, and he's done, like, television before, so he has a little bit of a background in the entertainment business, um, but he came back, and he was just like, I'm, I'm devoting myself to pro wrestling, you know, and, like, he starts this faction, and this faction kind of starts up with just being, like, little and, and small, but now they've all four have have pretty much grown it into a whole new thing for them and now i don't know if you watch any of their web series but it's really entertaining uh but they have this uh it's the chronicles it's the faction chronicles there's four parts to it it's fucking hilarious um but they 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 what they've done is um they've taken their talents and they've complemented each other you know uh fresco and watson are a great tag team but i don't think they really were the idea of being the tag team they just paired it up and was like all right we're gonna hit this hard and action's always been the mouthpiece like braxton's always been a mouthpiece but you don't really need a mouthpiece because ice is such a character on himself man so now action braxton has to kind of step up his wrestling so now all of them can talk and then wrestle <laughs> so now you have like a, a whole entire faction just filled with guys who can do it all man and they're the triple threat when it comes to talk 
making you feel like it's a cinematic movie and their work rate inside the ring. I, um, I'll be the first one to tell you that I think Ice is future heavyweight champion someplace, somewhere down the line, if not Nevada State, you know, depending on as far as the FSW company goes. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see that guy get belted up other places. Just depends on whether he wants to devote his time to it. That's always Ice's MO, man. If Ice wants to devote his energy to you, he'll he'll show you that he's a star in the making, right? Uh, and the other three are are they're just they're getting there to the point where they, they need to be as far as in the ring, you know, uh, Braxton's been, I had a match with Braxton, uh, probably a year ago. And I thought he was capable of having great matches. And now, uh, a year later, he's putting out some of the best performances he's ever had. So I don't know, bro. I, I agree. They, they're, there's something to watch. A lot of the, a lot of our scene though, has a, has them, you know, like we have a, a pretty flourishing local scene. Um, I, don't be don't don't sleep on Brett the threat. Don't sleep on Nick Xander. These are two guys that you will be hearing a lot from um, in the near future, as far as like our West Coast goes, bro. Uh, Bodie, he's a fourteen to fifteen year old kid, right? He's almost fifteen, and that kid is phenomenal. Like he's bananas, and to be fifteen and able to do all those things that he does, both in the ring and then he's. He's probably one of the most well-mannered, politest kids I've ever met. His mother does a great job raising him, bro. So uh, you'll see that kid go very far in life. Like, it doesn't even need to be in wrestling business. In life, he's just going to be uh, a success. Discipline, man, and that goes a long way. And I think that's what's great. And just session and progression over aggression. Seeing today's, today's adult. Yeah. And now, for you, I'm going to mention this as well, because i got a couple names I want to ask you about. Two more here. Nick Bugatti. Sure. We're going to talk about this, because Nick Bugatti and Shay the Fox Mazzotto, a.k.a. Maserati, who was amazing, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, another one who was wonderful in LFC. I love her. But Nick Bugatti is another one that sticks out. Such a character, such an amazing talent. I know you've got to work with, but Nick Bugatti is another one that sticks out to me. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's just now getting back into uh, – training again i know he's he took a like a little hiatus as we all do uh but nick and shana came to china with us and i think like a lot of that really turned their careers around nick nick's already had like a very solid background and he's a he's a shoot like he has a shoot background he's a he's a wrestler right so uh they did like a natural board killers uh like a year ago uh it was the one before where him and cody had a pretty uh crazy like wrestling match and uh so it just goes to show you that the testament of this of the talents that are here and um maz i can't i can't speak highly enough about maz you know like she's probably at the at the top of her game right now she's everywhere um she's reinvented herself 10 times over and like you know for a long time they were always like the couple and now, you know, I feel like both of them can kind of stand on their own um, and Shanna can go off and be a women's whatever champion or head of the division, you know, whatever, whatever Shanna wants to do. I think it's it's, you know, the world's her oyster at this point. It just depends on who where she's going to land, you know, like AEW is very rich uh, with a women's division. Um, WWE is kind of far-fetched you know like maybe nxt is a, a, a slot for but we have a lot of options where wow is here you still have the lfc stuff um there's mlw which i think right now they're just starting to kind of feature a lot more women like uh her she was getting a lot of work in roh you know like roh was a predominantly we're featuring a lot of women stuff you know and 
there's a lot of good women out there. Um, they just had a match with uh, Willow on MLW, right? And I like that girl a lot. Like Willow's really, really good um, and, a, and, a, and a standout talent. But the idea that MLW is using a lot more women on their on their television, uh, I'm only watching the Fusion. I, I try to catch their big shows, but I like I watch a lot of their Fusion. Like for me, um, I know we'll sit here and we'll talk about the three, you know, ROH and AEW and WWE, but I really love MLW's product. Uh, and I think they're the dark horse. I think they're the, like, for me, it feels like the Lucha Underground, if, if Lucha Underground was still alive, you know, like I loved Lucha Underground, bro. Loved it. I wish that company was still going right now. Um, and I thought that that was the best company for pro wrestling. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I couldn't get enough of it. So MLW gives me those feels. Um, and I feel like, if they can get a women's division like up and running, you'll you'll start to see them kind of flourish a little bit more. Your other name? What other I, name? No, I respect that man. Just the LFA with what they're doing with Azteca Underground and everything. No, it's it's one of them that a lot of people kind of sleep on, but I, I agree with you that they uh that they can't sleep on that man. And for uh, so much they, good wrestling nowadays. I mean, bro, I the the Hammerstone fought two match. Uh, I never been emotional in a long time about pro wrestling and because I, you know, I'm biased. I know them personally, you know, both of them, but to know what they went through to get to that match, I know hammer uh, hurt himself in that match. It still was going like a fucking maniac. Uh, so he injures himself in the match, but still ends up going through the entire fucking match, like a maniac. Uh, they are two of the best that are doing it right now. And top to bottom, uh, I don't know if you can find a better promo than Danny Limelight at the moment to get like legitimate fucking heat. Uh, you have Casey Navarro, who's, um, gosh, bro, he's probably the next uh, amazing red set of talent, you know, like that AJ Styles. He, like, I'm coming out of nowhere. I, you know, high fly a bunch of fucking charisma for him. Um, so they have like a, a lot of good. Uh, core people that I think uh, I can, for me, I can uh, I can uh, give my emotional attachment to. So I, I'd like to see MLW kind of kind of rise up, please. <laughs> Even though I think GCW's got them beat a little bit, man. GCW's going crazy too right now. It, it's such a great variety, and like I mentioned, a great time for professional wrestling. And one guy I got to mention because, dude, it's one of the things I'm so happy he got to have his opportunity at AEW Dark after. The same amount of years as you, 20 plus years. You got to work with one of my personal favorites on the Northeast because your jersey, I'm New York. Man, the Greek god Papa Don. We were talking about this off air, but that dude, such a technical prowess, a master of the mat and the New York wrestling connection, such a mind in his own right, and such a good dude, man. You had a great match with them. And I'm going to say, I know what the circumstances, but it was great. Thank you, bro. Like, that means a lot. I, I meant, I, for, for what it was, you know, I, again, I told you off air, like, I heard of him. For so long in ROH, and he was such a predominant uh, fixture in the Northeast low, uh, indie scene that it was just like, oh man, I can't believe this is like this is the match that they're giving me. And then we went out there and had a had a good good match, you know. Like uh, I just I knew what I was there to do uh, was to try to get um, prime time, like a spot in the prime time because it was during the the pandemic, right? So I was just trying to find any type of work. Uh, in the hard times that we weren't really working a whole lot. So to get the opportunity and get the call, uh, I was going to take it no matter what. And it was a treat and a bonus to work the Greek God. Um, Cause the dude's top, 
he's his talent in the ring is unquestionable but really what it got to me was his promo he's such a good promo right and he's organically authentically that old style promo right he just gives you that old feel of what pro wrestling either used to be or was uh what it, it's traditional that's kind of the 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 what i use or the word the terminology i use for it now whereas uh what it used to be but it's traditional it's like the promo is there the work rate's there he's got the you know he's got the look to him and now you know the only question is what what platform are they going to can he get on to heighten that up and unfortunately some places uh will not do that and other places will and i think the nwa is a perfect place for him right i feel like if he could get himself into um that NWA power or whatever they're doing. I don't know if it's still called power, right? I don't know. Uh, but the end of, yeah, yeah. Their, their stuff is another platform for a lot of us old. I, I feel very old school, traditional wrestling when, when, when I work. So I feel like I would go good either there at MLW, but for him, I feel like that would be a great fit. You know, I, he just has a good look and a good sound to him. And he's, He's or, organic, you know. He's originally authentic. Like he is the Greek guy, Pavadon. You have a guy with his promo skills. I mean, again, like you mentioned, he got a great promo. He's articulate. He's so sly. He's cunning. There's one promo he was talking about. He was wrestling in West Virginia with all these people. <laughs> West Virginia. I was good. Yeah. Right. Like you have to do that to entice heat and be that heel heat and make fun of the hometown. It's just like you mentioned. It's old school. It's traditional. It's wonderful. He's just entertaining, bro. He's an entertaining character. He's he's just one of those guys who it, you can talk to him in the room. And he, like I, when we were in the back uh, and I met him, it was very cordial and very like ah, da da da. But uh, he was very business, you know, business as usual. And I I love that about you know guys. But once we started getting into talking uh, and and going over a lot of the things and and kind of getting into uh, our histories or our backgrounds and. He's a, he's a really dope guy, bro. He's really cool, really down to earth, and he's all business, bro. And I, you know, you got to respect that. I, I respect the shit out of that guy, bro. He's it's really cool. And it was a uh, one of the better matches I've had uh, during that year because uh, that year was slow. So I I, I appreciate him taking care of me because he, man, because we, we I I don't think I wrestled for two months before that match, and I was super nervous. Because he, he could go. He's like a top-tier talent. You know, whenever you don't wrestle for a long time, it's like riding a bike. You know, you don't know if you're going to be able to stay on. But uh, he, he led me through all right. We got through it. And I was like, I was just grateful to uh, to have the opportunity. Marquez has uh, a really good product when it comes to television. You know, and I think a lot of guys should uh, take that, that advantage. And, um, you know, he starts with uh, working with uh, Rob Black, you know, for – like an XPW and now, you know, Dave's gotten, you know, started this wrestling uh, network, so to speak. And it's a brilliant thing. You know, the NWA uh, has a good look to it. I know it doesn't really work for them, but that power was uh, one of the better TV shows going. And I think still to this day, uh, it should be uh, held as like a place to go to if you want to start to get seen. It's why I like uh, the rebellion, you know, like those guys are fucking dope. Uh, uh, Mecha Wolf and Bestia, uh, they, you know, nobody knew who they were, but NWA Power, you know, gives them the fucking tag belts, and now they're fucking everywhere, bro, and those guys have been an untapped resource for a really long time. Bestia, uh, so on Pluto, there's like these, um, they have this wrestling network, are you familiar with Pluto? Yes, I am. 
Yeah, so they've been showing the UWF, which is the Urban Wrestling Federation. And man, if I could get into the Urban Wrestling Federation, bro, I'm telling you, that was my very favorite, bro. Like, because everybody had everybody. They had Bestia, old, old uh, uh, young Bestia 666, Willie Max on that motherfucker. Fucking uh, uh, Ruckus. Slick Wagner Brown was that too, yeah. Slick Wagner Brown, bro. Um, there was a West Coast guy. Um, oh, fuck. God dang it. What's his name? Uh, uh, Baby Slim. So Baby Slim, he was a West Coast guy, bro. And he was doing a lot of PWG at the time. But the, he was on there. I was just like, what am I watching right now? Oh, it's so good, bro. The Urban Wrestling Federation is my guilty pleasure, bro. I love that federation. <laughs> Bring that bitch back. Hey, my favorite person in the whole entire world, bro, is Julius Smokes. I kid you not. If I could work with fucking Julius Smokes in my day, I will call it quits. If he watches this or he ever hears this, bro, I swear to God, I need a, I need Julius Smokes to walk me to the ring and manage me for the night, bro. Danny Limelight's a lucky motherfucker. <laughs> if you can have that with what he did with Homicide and Ricky Reyes back in the day, I'm, I'm set. That's exactly oh, right. Oh, bro, that's my ROH. That is my ROH, bro, is is the fucking Rottweilers. That's my ROH. That's what I grew up <laughs> watching. That's, that's what I did. When I try to get a job there... Uh, it's the HD net years. So those are, those were my ROH years where, but I watched it and that's the Rottweilers and fucking uh, Rocky Romero and, and fucking Ricky Reyes, bro. And then uh, when I tried to get work, cause I lived in New Jersey in 2007 to nine ish. Uh, I just would go down to uh, the ROH school. And that's another, that's like, I would just go to these schools. That's how I became such a good trainer or coach is I would go to these schools and just kind of pour myself in. Cause I didn't know how to get booked at the time. I just knew I could go into these schools and be okay. So delirious would bring me onto television and be like, all right, we'll give you, we'll give you a shot tonight. And I'd work. I worked like, I worked like John Moxley uh, one night for television. I worked, um, there's a guy, he was like the little red, uh, Little Lumberjack, his name is Grizzly Redwood. Redwood. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I worked a bunch of guys like that, bro. And um, then uh, those were my days, the HD Net days, bro. Those those days will last forever for for ROH for me, uh, just because they had all the all the greats. And Davy Richards was like the king of the fucking mountain, bro. You know, like there was no better wrestler than fucking Davy Richards because he was the fucking man. He was. He was dynamite, but like without all the bullshit that dynamite did. <laughs> that is a great interpretation of David Edwards or David Richards, excuse me. Yes. It just combined Edwards and David Richards. Yeah. But no, dude, like that was also the same time period where he just put on a Shane Hagedorn match. Maybe some Pele Primo, Jimmy Rave got. Oh rest. my god, bro. You oh my god, bro. Now you're calling it. Yeah. Yeah. There again, bro, there's I, I'm so I'm so taken back by, you know, where our business has gone and I've been around it for such a long time and I, when I, when I eventually get to work these guys or work with them, it's, it's a great fucking thing. So I'm, I'm just grateful that I'm able to a do it at a high level still. I don't know how much more years I have in it, uh, but just to be around it, I hope to land a job doing something uh, with pro wrestling forever, ever, because it's a great business to be a part of. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, whether I'm refereeing an LFC or whether I'm actually performing for a championship, it's, Top to bottom, I still have the funnest time out there. You know, nothing beats it. Camaraderie, of course, in the back is always good. Um, working with LFC has been pretty uh, cool, too, because it's just something different. Um, I like refereeing. You know, sometimes it's like what, fe- what seemingly might not be a night off for some people. It feels like a night off for me because it's fun, right? I had a great time uh, in all the matches. I 
I just wanted to add enough flavor to compliment the girls, but not enough to take away from it. So I, I felt like, you know, I just, I wanted to do those parts the best that I could. I wanted to treat it just like you did, like a legitimate, this is, I'm a referee, you're a ring announcer. This is what, you know, this is what makes the, 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 the show, the show. And then let the girls kind of have the highlight for that time, man. But yeah, it was good, man. I'm, I'm with it. I can't wait for May 13th. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Lastly, what I will say before we close out, I'm going to say right now, dude, you and I got to definitely do a round two of this. You're more than welcome to come back on any time. Oh, it's pleasure with your brain, dude. Cool, cool, bro. Yeah, I, I, again, I know getting into like a lot of this stuff is I have like a long, extensive story, right? <laughs> uh, so we could go for for a while on a lot of shit. But uh, just what we're talking about now, yeah, bro, I'm I'm down, definitely down for a round two. It's been cool to kind of tap into a little bit of my uh, my history, but. A lot of the things that I I look forward to is, uh, you know, getting to work with guys like you and 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 you know the LFC people because it 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 gave me uh, another avenue, just another thought process, another uh, position to play. Uh, I've never been a referee before, so it was cool to kind of do that. And I wanted to feel like a little bit more of an MMA referee than a pro wrestling referee, so I kind of wanted to kind of I don't know, just let them kind of do their thing, but also kind of be. Uh, take it serious so it was cool to kind of have that that adventure man uh, i'm blessed for it thank y'all <laughs> and, and I, I will say this i mean we talked about it earlier but i also want to say as we end this here man thank you because you really helped me as well as we were in the ring there so i got to thank you once because you were great oh uh, bro it was it was wild bro but yeah like i, I don't know like a, when you don't really get a whole lot of direction prior to it, it it's kind of hard because i think you were told one thing i really wasn't told the other thing and i uh, <laughs> We just kind of had this, like, all right, man, let's just kind of go out there and wing it. And uh, that, yeah, those faces happened a lot. And uh, for for what it was, I, I was cool with it, man. I was like, oh, this is this is it. I thought we came off okay, you know, like to the point where next time it'll be better, you know. So the next time you're out there, you'll have a little bit more of a rain on it, and uh, you'll be able to present it a little bit better than what you felt like you did last time. Even though I didn't think you did a bad job, bro. You kind of throwing. We were we were definitely thrown to the wolves that night. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, too. I think anything in life, and as I always say, with each and every day, you know, you learn something new and you, and you continue to progress. And I think that's wonderful. And I think you did a great job. The whole presentation came off great. So check out LFC 35 Booty Camp in 3D, Beauty in Three Dimensions, and Mr. Remy, <laughs> Paul Allen, whatever you want to call yourself, that guy. Would you please promote your Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, where everybody can find you on all forms of social media? Please go right ahead. Yeah, every every form of social media is uh, uh, at 86 or Remy Marcel. I mean, that's top to bottom, no matter where it's at. So I have uh, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Instagram, which Instagram I probably use the most. Uh, Twitter is probably right behind it. I don't really get on Facebook. And right now, bro, uh, with much of everything else, I'm kind of a post and ghost kind of person. So I'll post a picture and then get the fuck out of there for the, for the rest of the day, right? Uh, so... Um, that's kind of the, uh, how I play my social media. Everything else, you know, just keep keep watching LFC stuff. Uh, referee Paul Allen, that's a that's a hidden joke. There you go, Kevin, and uh, <laughs> and we'll keep it we'll keep it rolling, baby. <laughs> First and foremost, I gotta steal that now. Post and ghost. I love that. That is. Yeah. <laughs> but no, guys, LFC. Um, you can check out the LFC network on Roku, where you can see this show, and you can see so many great shows and the events, and the LFC Exposed reality show and the reality series. 
it's a great time to be an LFC fan. And as I always say, beauty, strength, and dominance, the three key elements that make women the work of art that they are. And that exudes and accentuates all those LFC talents. And Mr. Remy Marcel, referee Par Allen, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. Take it easy, Mike. Take it easy, bro.